In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago on the first Sunday of Lent, you may have been surprised as you heard a very, very long chanted prayer that Becky and I sang called the Great Litany. Maybe you were thinking, is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is it over yet? If you're not finished with it, you can turn to page 147 in your Book of Common Prayer and you can read it again, but we won't be singing it today. But I want to pull out one of those stanzas of that very long prayer that prays for everything. One of those prayers that we prayed says this, from all oppression, conspiracy, and rebellion, from violence, battle, and murder, and from dying suddenly and unprepared, good Lord, deliver us. If you've watched the news, or maybe you've tried to avoid the news, maybe that stanza, good Lord, deliver us, is the phrase that comes up in your heart. Maybe you look around in your life and you see things that break your heart and you think, good Lord, deliver us. As we prayed that great litany two weeks ago, it was just days after the invasion of Ukraine. And so as I think about that response, good Lord, deliver us, what does delivery from hardship look like? What does that delivery look like when an art school in Maripol, Ukraine, was bombed, where 400 people were seeking shelter? What does delivery look like when perhaps thousands of residents have been taken or deported, as their city council reports, in that same city of Maripol, Ukraine? They've been deported onto Russian territory in buses and taken from their home country. What does deliverance look like when we hear those stories and what does it mean for those who are directly affected? You know, humanitarian efforts do continue so that civilians can possibly evacuate to spaces of safety. There's a company called Citizen Brick that I read about that raised $16,000 earlier this month. They made a very small number, a limited number, of Lego-style Ukrainian President Zelensky's. Okay? If you have kids or grandkids with Legos, I have them all over my house, there's a little President Zelensky that you can get. They donated all of the proceeds toward medical supplies that are needed in the besieged country of the Ukraine. Others have been going onto Airbnb and paying for nights in homes in Poland so that refugees have safe places to go and stay to have shelter. And today, offerings across the Diocese of Alabama, the loose offering, that which is not designated as pledge, will be given to Episcopal Relief and Development, or you can go directly to Episcopal Relief and Development to give money to provide humanitarian assistance to those who are fleeing the critical time of chaos in the Ukraine. You know, we're looking for ways to offer support as we pray for what deliverance looks like. 
as we watch horrified, brokenhearted, and wanting to turn our eyes away and yet not able to avoid the news. We want to cover our faces, but the peril is unfolding in this aggression from Russia. And so maybe you wonder, where do we go and what do we do? Where is God in this? Tricia Lyons is a professor, or a, she's on faculty at Virginia Theological Seminary. She's a priest, and she was one of John's mentors through seminary. And she preached here a few years ago after diocesan convention, and she wrote this week about the current state of events. And she specifically calls teachers and preachers of the salvation of Jesus to speak truth about the devastation happening in Europe. And she recalls how C.S. Lewis, who wrote the screw tape letters, how C.S. Lewis had screw tape write to the devil in training that if war broke out, the devil was in peril. If war broke out, the devil was in peril. And here's what Screwtape said. Because if there was war afoot, people actually might ponder and talk about deep and meaningful things. People might actually talk about life and talk about death. And they actually might even pray to God to intervene, uprooting the devil. And so how might we be people to upset the devil, to pray, to talk about deep and meaningful things, to follow Christ's steps in these moments of hardship? In Luke 13 today, we hear about more times of hardship, destruction and crisis. So... We, we pick up here hearing that people have come to Jesus to talk about some destruction that Pilate has brought. Pilate has been known to not be a friend of Jews. He persecuted Jews. And so there have been violent deaths in Galilee at the hands of Pilate. People also share about 18 people who died in an incident in Siloam. Perhaps it's a part of Jerusalem. There's a structural flaw, perhaps in a wall, and it, it crumbles and kills 18 people. So people are wondering, what do we do? What does this mean? Maybe they were really bad people. And Jesus says, as they're processing how to respond to brokenness and pain, those who died were no more deserving of death than others, just as if you were on your way here and you hit every red light on Crosshaven, like every single one. You're not a bad person. You're not a terrible person. So Jesus says, no one had bad stuff happen to them more than anybody else. And he calls all of them to repent. And this call to repent is not just turning around to sin, turning their backs away and saying, I'm really sorry for the bad things I did. I'm really sorry for the person I cut off in traffic. I'm sorry that I used a four-letter word in front of my kids. Um, it's more than that. 
It's a real change of heart. And Tricia Lyons names it this way. She says, it's, repentance is a call to accept Jesus, but she uses this language, to accept the visitation of God, that's Jesus, in the proclamation of God's kingdom, to welcome Jesus and the good news. That's what repentance is, because when we turn our back to sin, what are we taking in? We're welcoming Jesus. So that's what Jesus is calling people to do, is to repent. But Jesus, being Jesus, paints a picture of what he's talking about. And he says this, there was a fig tree that was planted on purpose in a vineyard. Now in the Bible, especially in like Micah and in Joel, you have fig trees and vineyards that are signs of blessing and promise, okay? So this fig tree growing in the vineyard is a beautiful and good thing. However, it's not producing any fruit. And so the owner of the vineyard goes and goes and checks and checks, and he's like, still no figs, still no figs. Three years, no figs. And so he tells the gardener, cut it down. And the gardener says, oh, wait, 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 before cutting it down, can I just have one more year to dig around it, to nourish it, put some manure on it? Every preacher loves to get to talk about manure. Mound up that soil to catch the liquid, because this is arid land. There's not a whole lot of rain, so let's maximize the growing potential here. Maybe, maybe it'll have a greater ability to grow fruit. A little more time. Now, what we don't know is how old this tree is. Once you plant a tree, it takes a little while for it to get to the point of bearing fruit. It has to grow to maturity. Maybe it needs time. Maybe it needs nutrients. Jesus tells this story, not that it was a real-life occurrence, right? But that we, too, need to be nourished. We need to amend the soil around us. We need God's help to nurture us so that we might bear fruit. Jesus tells this story to say, here's how we respond to the brokenness around us. Here's what we do with all that disappointment. Sometimes we have to dig in and around it instead of just cutting it off. Let's work with it a little bit. Maybe in this digging around and reaching in and getting our hands dirty, we're reaching out to others to say, what can I do to help you dig around your tree? Let me help bring some manure over to your corner of the garden. Maybe it's reaching up in prayer, asking God, God, what can you do to redeem this brokenness right now? Maybe it's reaching inward, reflecting, where do I need to attend to myself and my heart this day? And who else do I need to ask to help me? Because, friends, if we are truly to turn our backs on the devil, we are called to pray. If we are truly to pray for this world where there is so much pain 
afoot where we feel like we have no control. How might God be with us to dig around us, to nourish us, so that we are participants in the bearing of beautiful fruit, fruits of love and hope and faith, people who talk of redemption and resurrection. How can we be a community that stands up and shows up for reconciling hope and honoring the dignity of every human being? Amen. Amen.